0: All right. Welcome back to the podcast. So, we are going through this video that was created by Peter Santanello. He was allowed to interview James on the crow reservation in Montana and also um, interviewed James father named Robin. Uh, I've previously spoken about some of the areas that were shown in that video and want to jump into talking about some of the tradition and cultural information that they mentioned in the video about Crow tribe culture. Um, So Um, the crow, the name that they call themselves is Absaluga, and it means children of the large beak bird. Um, They have their own flag. They have um, a tribal government, which is basically created by the United States American government, so they kind of have ties to that, and it's not the traditional government, so some, some things mentioned, I don't have these in any specific order, but when he, like, one of the first things mentioned was, um, you know, they go into this store where they, um, they kind of run into this lady, a young lady, who talked about, you know, recently they were hunting and killed a buck and um, that was their first kill of the season and it was going to go... She gave that first kill to her clan uncle and um, they talked in other parts of the episode about um, giving food to generations like, you know giving food to a clan uncle is a way to give food to generations, uh, of people like before and after the current generation in a way, um, they talk about, you know, food offerings for spirits to eat a small amount, um, and how it's all a cycle, um, um, got a typo here so uh, my own typo in my own notes um so they mention uh the father well the james the son he mentions um you know a lot of times you don't really see crow hunting wearing orange usually when you see somebody wearing orange it's a non-tribal person on tribal land on the crow reservation hunting um He mentions that there's some friction because of the hunting, some friction because of the scarcity of some of the food resources, some friction because of the um, leasing of tribal lands to non-tribal people, which those lands originally were supposed to be only for the tribal Crow people. Um, And also he mentions mainly that, you know, Uh, The friction can be between, you know, people who live on the reservation, but don't don't respect the crow and don't respect the crow lands, um, the crow people's lands. Um, So some of the he mentioned something about elk being able to see energy waves or RF waves, Um, some other animals that were talked about um horses uh they talked about horses um they talked about cattle they talked about bucks they talked about uh deer and uh snapping turtles and um just all kinds of uh animals that are on the reservation that can be used for hunting for food fishing things like that um um, Cattle, did I mention that already? Cows. Um uh, James mentioned that social media can more recently allow people to be able to help other tribes, uh, help other groups of people with issues that they might be going through, and to be able to communicate with one another as well as communicate with the outside world, kind of what's going on. Um, and, you know, they mentioned, you know, a lot of information about living in multiple worlds. Um, there's the modern world that has all of its conveniences and, you know, ancestral, they talk about ancestral and cultural food systems. Um, you know, you know, the modern world has its, you know, conveniences, but, you know, some of the you know, modern stuff, just because it's modern doesn't really mean that it's better. Um, A lot of modern methods do take a lot of shortcuts and create a lot of health issues, especially when you start hearing about, you know, the land uh, being exploited and, you know, the resources being stripped from the land. I mean, all these things, you know, they are natural. So you think about, you know, oil that's in the land and coal that's in the land and this stuff having to be mined and, like, taken out. And, you know, I don't really know the details, but, you know, everything's an ecosystem. You know, there's a whole entire ecosystem. One thing, if one thing goes, other things go. You know, there's already a concern that, you know, the bees aren't really doing too well. You know, if you don't have something that can pollinate... I mean, yeah, humans can technically do it, but, I mean, bees, you know, you know, they do that kind of stuff all day long, you know, so, you know, like, I don't know, I don't like the idea of screwing with nature, you know, you take away one thing, it kills another thing, that kills another thing, that kills another thing, you know, and then eventually we're not left with um everything that we need as humans and so i think it is important to be careful but at the same time it's like you know some of these companies and major corporations just want the money you know they just want the money and it's very clear you know after hearing a lot of this information from this uh uh video filled with so much wisdom you know that um you know There's a lot of illegal and just kind of backward stuff going on uh, against these reservations. I mean, um, people usually aren't given a voice to speak out and when they are, it's silenced and, you know, just something not being taught in mainstream schools already makes it just that much, you know, like, you know, we get, what do you call it, um, brainwashed basically we get brainwashed you know um to think a certain way so that we all know the same stuff but at the same time we all don't know the same stuff too um and we'll get into that more but um yeah there can be views of some of the non-tribal people um needing to respect the crow respect the lands um uh they mentioned that you know throughout history you know the only way to become a chief in crow culture was to go into battle you know as a warrior into battle um you couldn't become a chief otherwise and so they mentioned that many of the modern veterans um you know there are a lot of crow a lot of um indigenous tribes that are you know in the military a lot of modern veterans um there's a high rate of enlist of enlistment in the military in the US military um um uh you know that indigenous people have he mentioned that they have the highest rate of enlistment in the US military of any group of people um and you know that nowadays in more modern times um the generations now like Gen Z and stuff who aren't maybe too into you know going into the military sometimes you know might uh go towards sports And, you know, uh, with the Crow, basketball is very popular um, nowadays um, with the culture. Um, And I mentioned this before about living in multiple worlds, living in three worlds. Um, There was the father, Julian, talked about um, James father, Julian, talked about a medicine man named who was Crow named Frank Frisco and Frank Frisco talked about, um, you know, like vision quests and, um, Julian, the father had a, it sounded like a ceremony. I don't know specifically if it was a vision quest he was talking about. Um, cause they were kind of talking about multiple topics at the same time, but, they start talking about the vision quest and then that's when uh Julian starts talking about this uh medicine man um who is real, a really good medicine man named Frank Frisco. um they talk about the med the vision quest they say that it involves you know fasting for 4 days uh smoking of a pipe um he he mentioned uh Julian mentioned that he uh witnessed a ceremony where the rocks got heated uh they were like molten hot from prayer and not from lighting a fire uh and Frank Firstgrow was the medicine man that he that did this and Julian witnessed that uh they talked about I don't know if this is traditional teaching or if they were just kind of talking in general, um, about, uh, time and worlds that all exist at the same time, uh, how the Gregorian calendar is linear, um, but when you look at Einstein's theory of relativity, the faster you go, uh, time slows down, it slows itself until it comes to a halt, and it can be spliced, uh, to go backwards, um, They also talked about the tribal government. So James mentions, you know, the tribal government that was set up um, and the tribal government, he mentions, is a colonial construct. And so when he mentions this, he says it's a colonial construct. And basically it was the U.S. government that designed the tribal government. Um, So it's basically a U.S. system of government that is on tribal lands that is called a tribal government. And with that colonial construct, they make the laws and ordinances, uh, but it's a foreign concept in Crow country. And so, you know, to try to adjust Crow culture into, you know, a tribal government colonial construct that's trying to kind of like make things work on the reservation, he feels like that's one big thing that's making it so that things aren't really working, is because the way that the people are chosen to be part of this uh, tribal government really goes through the federal government, and, um, you know, it's not like they're making their own real laws and rules about who gets what money, or who gets what, or whatever. Like, they're still kind of overseen by the United States government, even though they're still supposed to be kind of treated like their own sovereign nation, their own separate country. Um, it's almost like they're being... The, the impression I get overall is, like, it's almost like they're being overseen by, a by, a, by like, a bullying boss, that's kind of what it looks like to, on on like a very surface level, just like, um, not very, um, not even explaining like all the atrocities and tragedies and things. Uh, it's much bigger than that, you know, but just looking at things, it's like, okay, you're going to make it seem like these people get all this stuff. But then when you look at it at a deeper level, it's like, uh, I mean, I've seen, you know, certain areas that are run down in the U.S. that seem to have better structure um, because, you know, at least there's some kind of assistance um, and responsibility of the government. Even though, yeah, there's still all the racism and all the kind of injustice uh, of these systems, but... um, We'll get more into that, but, okay, um, but a lot of this stuff goes into a really deep level, it's, it's easy to just, like, read from my notes, but it's, like, when I'm thinking about it, even when I'm reading it, I'm, like, okay, like, there was, like, some deep topics going into that, too, um, this tribal government seems to be more problematic than it is useful, um and we'll see why when i talk more about like laws and the ordinances and the different kind of structures set up that kind of keep the reservation poor they keep places run down they keep um people from being able to actually thrive i mean if you think of it if you can't really afford your rent because there's not really any place to work nearby and food is super expensive and you are also Um, restricted from hunting on your own land or, you know, uh, restricted either in the areas that are purchased by people who are, you know, non-tribal people that don't let you on their land or, you know, they're allowing other people to have permits now. It sounds like very newly that's new that, you know, the permits are now allowed to non-tribal people to come and take, you know, to hunt on that tribal land. So that means there's less animals to hunt, um, and there were already not a lot of animals, but now there's less animals to hunt for the tribal people, I mean, we're gonna go into more details about that, but it's, like, just taking that information alone, it's, like, okay, what's this tribal government actually doing, you know, uh, James mentions, you know, they seem to be lining their own pockets in a lot of ways, and the system is failing, um, but, you know, this, this episode I'm trying to talk more about the, the traditions. But, I mean, it's hard to really separate, like, all this political stuff from culture. Because it's definitely part of the culture, unfortunately, for the Crow people. They're, um... Um... They're kind of getting screwed by the U.S. government, honestly. Um... So James mentions that historically Crow people used teepees. Uh and teepees are not necessarily a permanent housing structure. They have poles and the hide like around them. I don't know all the details of what it's it's constructed of, but um he mentions that uh teepees are more flexible uh if something's not working you can just switch it out if you need to move you can just move it uh if something's broken you can just get a new uh, make a new a new part um that's in conflict to like permanent lodging but you mentioned like permanent lodging like colonial style you know modern houses modern western houses um he mentioned in the culture uh women would be the keepers of the home and putting up the pole responsible for putting up the poles and the entire lodging was pretty much put up by the females and um he mentions with the houses trailers everything like that uh families may move in together during hardships Um, he mentions as, you know, part of the culture, you know, people take care of their own and, you know, they feed everyone who's in the home and, um, if there's someone who's a guest, you know, you're going to offer them the best food and it's culturally offensive to offer something lesser or to decline if the guest declines, um, the food that's being offered, it can be offensive because the family's offering you the best thing that they have. They're not holding out. And so for someone to decline it is considered can be considered offensive. Um, he mentions, back to talking about the tribal government, uh, James mentions that there are needs for cultural jurisdictions to be enforced um such as you know in the past they used to use warriors who would enforce policies um involving any kind of like crimes or illegal illegal activities the tribal warriors would be the ones who would um take take action on those things with the tribal government it doesn't seem like they have any kind of like actual police system the people who are on the tribal lands can't even arrest somebody who's committing a crime. Um, they're just kind of there to, like, watch over everything, and he does mention in certain parts that these people, um, are also, uh, committing, um, like, they're, they're selling away tribal lands that should not be sold. They're a part of that, um, selling of the tribal lands, Um, he mentions a chief named Plenty Coops, um, a chief who made a quote saying, with education, you are the white man's equal, and without it, you are his victim. He mentions with people who get educated, who leave the Crow Reservation, who returned to try to make it a better place. He says that um, when people try to change the status quo, you know, they might get reprimanded or ridiculed for that. Um, He mentioned something called the 80-hour club where people are saying they work 80 hours a week, but you never really see them at work. I don't know what, I don't know if that was like, I don't know what that that means. Um, But it was kind of related to talking about like the tribal government. Um, he mentions that, you know, people can be comfortable. The people who are comfortable don't want anything to change because they might be getting nice checks and some money and it's sustaining them. So they don't want policies to change because it works in their favor. Whatever is going on now is working fine for them. Um, He mentions that the leaders who get voted in um usually are the ones with the largest families because all those people in the family are likely going to vote for that one person um and it's hard to get voted out for that reason because if they want to if they want to become a leader you know they have the numbers on their side and people are likely going to vote for their own family or clan members or you know members of their own uh family um he mentions uh, regarding the policies and and all the colonial implications you know on their system in the reservation that you know the foreign concepts make people fight um he mentions that every year there's a, a uh, there on there's something called the Crow Fair, and at this Crow Fair, which is located in a in an area called Crow Fairgrounds, um, the Crow Fair is held the third week of August every year. It's a one hundred year old festival. Uh, they have a powwow and rodeo and parades, teepees set up. Uh, in the valley, um, he says it's the teepee capital of the world, um. He says there used to be a type of sport where you know they would get all the newly caught untamed horses um, and put all the well the men who wanted to join in the sport would all go into the corral and they would uh, let all these horses that were untrained just run into the corral um, and the goal of of the goal to win was to uh, get on one of those horses and ride it until it kind of, I guess the word is submits or until it um, stands still and it's kind of tamed at that point, that makes you the winner um, he said in that game it was dangerous um, and, and people would die in that game and they don't really do it anymore but they still do a rodeo um, he mentioned with some of the Well, Julian, the father, mentioned with some of the regalia that um, the elk teeth um, are worn by the women to show that the husband is a good provider. Uh, Some of the regalia has beadwork and some vibrant colors were really being seen there. And at the watering hole, James does what's called, uh, he calls it feeding the river. He says uh, spirits... spirits and beings are fed showing respect um so he's shown doing like a silent prayer and he gives a bag full of dried meat as an offering for uh, blessings for safe travel and in the past uh he did it as a kid his mom used to advise him to do that for safety from any kind of injuries while swimming over there and um um, yeah, basically while swimming. And... Sorry, I lost my place. He said... It, it also feeds the spirits and the animals. And he says there's a belief that um, water connects us all around the world. And if you pray to the water... Uh, it, kind of that prayer is kind of covered covering everywhere because you know, um, you know, the water goes everywhere. And he mentions a belief that everything has a spirit and uh, a being. And this is why you know, there's like honor and prayer of like any kind of living thing um he says a lot of people might not care about nature and you know when you look around on the reservation even in some of the most beautiful areas you see just kind of like trash around like I don't know what it is it doesn't really seem like it has brands brand names to it but um it just looks like trash of some kind like a lot of white looking color paper um it didn't look like wrappers I don't know I'm assuming it's like food wrappers of stuff, but I don't really know what the trash is, but I noticed like when they were driving past like there was one trailer that had trash on like both sides, and there were like some kind of uh not police but whatever their uh i think it was called the b the b i a um they were there you know with the lights on, signifying that they were kind of doing something at that trailer and there was trash on both sides of that trailer uh there were some areas where you would see them kind of going in nature and hills and stuff and there was like some trash along the side in certain areas and stuff too and so it's just you know it's a problem like it seems like there's littering I don't know who's doing it um where it comes from or what it was I couldn't really identify what any of it was but There was clearly trash on the ground, and he mentions, like, you know, a lot of people do try to pick it up, but you pick it up, and you come back, and it's, you know, there's more trash there again, you know? It's like, what's going on? Um, And it was in very beautiful areas, too. Um, He mentions a delicacy called hulupia. Uh, Hulupia, it's like a sun-dried chokecherry... Um, they can be rehydrated with water and they make it into a cherry soup called hulupia that they make a few times a year. Um, he mentions colonialization and Christianity infiltrated the Crow culture and influenced the tribe. Um, mm. So in the area where there was, uh, the Konoko tribal, Crow tribal gas station and the, um, um, the Crow, there was also something called the Crow Hop, Crow Hop Cafe, uh, the Crow Hop Cafe, um there were photos on the side of that cafe and it said uh you know uh James explained that one of the people sh- seen on the side uh one of the pictures was from a crow scout who rode with Custer uh when he was near the age of 12 or 13 and that crow scout's name was Curly um, um He mentions that, you know, the Crow were not relocated as many other tribes were. He says their federation, um, their federation is their, is their own land. Um, they're, they're not, they weren't relocated, uh, and given, not federation, it should have been reservation, sorry. Uh... Sorry. Is it good? Sorry, I think I accidentally moved something. Um to the wrong place. Uh where was I? Sorry, I was trying to type and it moved. Uh that shifted somewhere where it wasn't supposed to be. Um I don't know where it was, sorry. <laughs> um now my notes got all screwed up. So I talked about the festival, I talked about the horse that that sport with the horses. Um I talked I talked about the regalia and I don't know. Um I was trying to type the word reservation instead of federation and it yeah, I don't know. Um So, I don't know where my information went. I think I deleted something. Unfortunately. Unless I pasted it somewhere. I don't think I did, though. I think I accidentally deleted the rest of what I was trying to say. My gosh. Well... I think that's all he really was saying. Um... Let me see. Let me make sure I hit everything, though. Um. Yeah, I think I accidentally just deleted what I was trying to say. But, um. Yeah, I only have the part up to where it says the information about the regalia. Um. Um but anyways i guess the last part um i don't know what i was what i put there but it it looks like it says um there's a lot of areas that are going for for leases um they're leasing out um Land and they're extracting resources from the land. Um, there's an area called Lodge Grass uh, Valley, uh, Lodge Grass Valley of the Chiefs. Uh, he says is called Oshawajikcha. Um, he mentions that food is like a type of medicine and. Per Crow tradition, you know, food was made with with a protein, a fat and berries, uh, something similar to like uh pemmican. Um and now you see those types of pemmican type of uh products all over the market, really. Um especially if you're into outdoorsy stuff, you kinda see it a lot. Uh, sorry that I deleted that information that I was trying to read. Um, I mean, it's in the video, but I don't know what, what I was trying to, trying to say basically about the, the reservation, but all right, well, I'm going to end this one here and thanks for listening.